0: episode three of the fantasy firebox podcast i'm your host tony Cotillo at t 23 joined always by john coker at pgh john 36 and again by the wizard mr mark drumheller at x underscore drumheller mark thanks for jumping on again with us this week you were great last week, and now i get you for the whole show man i'm excited
1: yeah, we're going to go 60 minutes strong this time. So, I'm pumped up, man. We, also, we got a lot to go over. It's going to be a fun division to dig into. The NFC North is always a lot of fun. So, I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded, ready to fire away.
0: Yeah, this is a division that I think all three of us could probably agree. It's kind of like anybody's ball game here. And as much as I'm not a Mike Zimmer guy, it's almost like, to me, Minnesota's division to lose. Uh, we'll start with the Green Bay Packers, who last year 13-3, and a quiet 13-3, 7-1 at home. Six and two on the road, six and oh, in the division. I mean, listen, they, they only had 376 points last year. They didn't score a ton of points. Uh, it was a more run oriented offense. Uh, it, obviously, when you look at a fantasy standpoint, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We start right at the quarterback position. We know all the offseason drama, we know about the love drama, no pun intended, right? So, you know, it, is it going to be a constant bicker fest between. You know Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, or is it going to be Aaron Rodgers just starting to say, you know what, I am still the guy. I'm going to prove I'm the guy. Now, from a fantasy standpoint, we're talking about a, a nice dip in numbers, almost a full game average. I mean, last year, 4,002 yards passing as opposed to forty four, forty two the year before. That's 440's difference. He was the same 25 touchdowns the year before, 26. But you can see that this guy at 569 attempts isn't the same guy he was five years ago. So what I want to ask you guys is we start off with Aaron Rodgers. Is he a top five fantasy quarterback still, or is he finally falling out of that top five and he's more like top 10? John, I'll start with you. I know you got your spreadsheets going. I know, I know you're a stack guy too. So what do you think Aaron Rodgers, where are you, where you at with him right now?
2: Uh, I'm not feeling very comfortable with him. To me, he was consensus top three for, I don't know what, the past five years or something like that.
0: He was taking the first quarterback overall a few
2: years. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. You know? And some people went for him high too. I think he went in the first round a couple times.
0: Going into last year, he you know going into last year he was the twelfth ranked quarterback. He finished as the ninth ranked quarterback of fantasy last year.
2: He had his heyday, but the way the offense is right now, I'm just talking game plan. I'm talking running game. I'm talking receivers that are out there. Devonte Adams is a beast, no question. And Rogers Adams will have his. Rogers will have his connections to Adams, but outside of that, it's a game plan type thing. Put it this way. Fantasy wise. No, he is not top five. He's in that second tier of, of about seven quarterbacks. I mean, I'll take Brady. I'll take Wentz. I'll take Matt Ryan. I'll I was going to say, it would have been Matt Ryan. okay. You know, I'll, I'll take those guys. All in the same grouping. So, what I will end up doing, just personally in the draft, is I'm going to wait till that group is drying out, and then that's when I'm going to go get the last man standing out of a group of like six. So, you're talking almost ten quarterbacks, like I'm comfortable with.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he could have essentially fly out of the top ten. Mark, you see him still in the top ten? You see him kind of inching out.
1: Yeah, I think he's inching out. I think it's, you know, and again, it it goes into game plan. I think that, you know, Matt LaFleur is trying to mold the Green Bay Packers um, into the San Francisco 49ers, what he saw with Kyle Shanahan. We saw how they got ran over in the playoffs um, by Shanahan and the 49ers. And I think he wants to turn the Packers into a physical running team you look they went out and they got A.J. Dillon Aaron Jones had a huge year last year and I just think they're going to try and run the ball even more um I think it's going to cause for a little bit of frustration with Rodgers you know as much as I like Devontae Adams it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out but I think one key thing we want to look at when we're looking at this offense is the way they won games last year they got up They played very efficient. They were very good in the red zone. They didn't blow offensive stats. They didn't blow anyone out of the water, right? They played very conservative. But, you know, they played with a lead a lot of the times. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't have to come back all the time and be the Aaron Rodgers hero that we're used to him being. So if that doesn't happen this year, you know, I don't think they did. I was surprised in the draft that they didn't address, you know, the defensive line, the linebackers a little more. So if they end up playing from behind a lot, You know, it'll be interesting to see if LaFleur changes his stripes and really lets Aaron Rodgers go because if it's a season where they're down, you know, the majority of the time and have to play from behind, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think, still has it to where he can bring them back and put up big numbers.
2: Well, He does. He does. And and I think the biggest thing, I mean, what you are alluding to to me is also the defense. The defense is what stepped up. That's why Aaron Rodgers didn't have to come back. Because they weren't mm-hmm. given up like how, as many points as they were. I mean, their defense they, they vastly improved last year with the, what the Preston and uh, Preston Smith,
1: the two. Well, oh, the Darius Smith, yeah, yeah both of yeah, yep.
2: them, yeah, yep. yeah, the the non brother Smiths. But you know, <laughs> I mean, the I don't know if they're related or not, but two Smiths that are beasts. I mean, they stepped up big time. Aaron Rodgers didn't have the shootouts that he needed to do it.
0: No, you're right. And the one thing I will say is, you know, Mark kind of alluded to it as well with the running game. And this year, I mean, with the selection of A.J. Dillon, and we're talking about probably a three-headed monster, don't forget about, you know, Jamal Williams, Mm -hmm. who stole a lot of work from Aaron Jones, who still was the second overall running back in PPR fantasy last year. He scored 19 touchdowns, led the NFL running backs, 19 touchdowns. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how much he scored last year. I actually want to on Aaron Jones before the beginning of the year last year, I bet a coworker that he would finish top five in fantasy. The guy told me I was out of my mind when I took him in the third round. Thought I was crazy, and I won that bet. Obviously, well, you know, John. John remembers we were. I was.
2: I was all over Aaron Jones last year, right? Dude, I'll I'll tell you, there there's some there's a lot of things that I don't agree with. But there's, <laughs> dude. I'll tell you what, you do hit on some gems. I will say that.
0: Well, what I what I will say about Aaron Jones though is even though he did have a remarkable year, Jamal Williams was in there on every other set of downs. So. You know, what you guys are talking about with Aaron Rodgers not having to do too much, I think is absolutely correct because, you know, Dylan is not a pass-catching back, but he's he's a very, very good running. So I think that they're going to use him even more than maybe Jamal Williams. And so now you're talking maybe a few less carries for Aaron Jones and a few more for A.J. Dylan, which is just less attempts for Aaron Jones when we talk about the pass-catching ability, or you know, from the, um, the pass-throwing ability. So I, I really like him as a steady quarterback, but you're right. The 35 to 40 touchdown days, they're over for Aaron Rodgers.
2: It may be a run first offense. They may be run or run for whatever the game plan is. If it's more of a running game and Rodgers needs a third down pickup, who do you think he's going to? I mean, that depth chart doesn't look all that great. I mean, there's a bunch of questionable guys for how long. I mean, Lazard's your number two. Not that Aaron Rodgers can't make – a spectacular number too. I mean, look at, was it? Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Devontae Adams. I mean, think about all the guys. Randall Uh, Cobb. Who went went to the Raiders at the end of his Jordy Nelson. Yeah, Jordy Nelson. But you look at the guy, it was always a progression. One, two, one, two, one, two. So, I mean, he can absolutely do it if the game plan's there. But, I mean, outside of Adams, I mean, he – Look, if if he's only passing a certain number of downs, he looked to Adams so much last year. That's the only thing I see in the passing game.
0: Well, here's the thing, and we'll get we'll get right into this with the wide receivers, because you touch on Devontae Adams, who obviously was one of the most coveted wide receivers in the draft last year. You know, between him, Michael Thomas, and DeAndre Hopkins, who you took number one, you really thought it, it was a crapshoot. Didn't matter. They were all going to produce. But Devontae Adams. In my opinion, in 2018, now, you look at last year, he, he was hurt a lot last year. He, he dealt with the, the infamous turf toe, which is, is one of those no-no injuries for wide receivers. It's like plantar fasciitis for a basketball player. We know it with Tom McCulloch and Rick Smith, the flying Dutchman, it killed his career, right? So, you're talking about Devontae had a best week-to-week wide receiver, in my opinion, Averaged 92.4 yards per game in 2018. 111, 86 and 13 touchdowns. The reason why I bring that up is because he was getting over 11 targets a game. Now, last year, the games he had was 10.5 targets per game. So he dropped about two targets per game last year because he was awfully injured. A guy like Lazard to maybe step up. Who, in his second year, we know how long it takes for Aaron Rodgers to establish trust in a number two wide receiver. So, Mark, looking at these... Overall wide receiver numbers when you talk about Lazard and you talk about Valdez Scantling, you know, Equinius I- St. Brown, and then the oddball, the sleeper of mine, is Devin Funches, who you never know who could be a little sleeper, a little nice red zone target for Aaron Rodgers. What do you think?
1: He could be. I mean, he fits the mold, right? Big tall wide yep. receiver. Uh, he has some size, so, you know, Rodgers isn't going to be afraid to just try and squeeze it into tight windows with him. But I really think, I mean, I was impressed with Rodgers as far as the chemistry that he built with Lazard during the end of the year. And I really think that's going to continue into next year. Um, You know, like, Lazard's a guy who I think you should keep on your radar. I know Funches is coming in, but, you know, I think trust and chemistry, like you said, is big with Rodgers. And I would think you know, behind Adams, it's, it's going to be Lazard. I think that's going to be the guy that's going gonna make the most noise
0: well it's funny you say that because if you look at lazar when, when with no Devonte adams mm-hmm. in, in two games last year 17 targets for lazar yeah. he finished with 69 103 65 and 63 and three touchdowns so the guy he was more involved as he learned that offense so you're right i mean i think this could be a big step up for him this year and funches listen we're talking about you know i know he didn't do a lot in indianapolis last year but you know, before that, 2017, his last productive year, 63, 8, 40, and 80, he had eight touchdowns for the Panthers. So this kid can score. And, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron Rodgers loves picking people apart. Randall Cobb made a living in the red zone. So I'll tell you what, there's no reason to believe that a guy like a Devin Funches cannot produce, especially when you talking about like a wide receiver three, a guy, a late flyer in, in the draft. I, th- I think he has sleeper potential written all over him.
2: I don't know why. I feel like he just reminds me of the next Calvin Benjamin.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know why.
2: Like it just,
1: I, I just don't know. know how much this offense is going to – how much they're going to throw yes. in order for a right. third wide receiver to be, you know, that um, – you know, significant, because right. I really think like you, you know, we talked about Jamal Williams being in the running back mix too. And, you know, so now you got three running backs again, right in that Kyle Shanahan mold, right? there, the three-headed monster in San yeah. Francisco. So I, I think that this is a situation where LaFleur really wants to be, the 49ers, and he wants to be Kyle Shanahan. The difference is, is this team is soft as Charmin up front on both lines. So I don't know how successful they're going to be this year trying to, like, change the team, the type of team that they are. Um, you know, if they, they, they could find themselves down. Last year they were top five in first quarter scoring, so they were up on everybody. If that doesn't happen, it could be a long season for the Pack, man.
0: You know what's crazy? It's funny you, you mentioned a line, and, and I, I never understood – they, has Green Bay ever protected Aaron Rodgers? Like, no, nah, yeah, never. Isn't it nuts? Never. I mean, you're a franchise quarterback, and you—they've never had an outstanding line. I mean, from Brian Bulaga to Chad Clifton. I mean, God, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, come on, man.
1: Well, even blog—I mean, Bulaga's pretty good. He left for L.A., yep. so I think he's with the Chargers now. Yep. Um, And you know they don't even have him. And they, no. hey, listen, this is just—you know—they. Like, San Francisco built that team from the middle out. Like, they built the lines first, and then they built – like, those guys like Mozart and stuff, they got him off the scrap heap. Now, listen, yeah. they paid a lot of money for McKinnon and, you know, the kid from Atlanta, Coleman. You know, they paid some money there. But, you know, they were fine with investing in the lines from the jump, and it seems like, you know, LaFleur is just trying to, like, fast forward and do it from the outside in. And I, I don't know. I, the Green Bay's a team. Listen, 13 games last year, their win total – you know the odds for their win is eight and a half. So I mean that's a huge drop off, and yes. uh, I just think it's you know what's the, it, numbers, tell you, what's the enough, numbers tell you, Mark? What's <laughs> the numbers tell you? Yeah, that tells me tells me there's one green team to pay attention to in the NFC, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> oh, that's like what it, it tells me. I, I like it, but like I'm uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not big on the pack this year. I just think they come down. I don't think they belonged last year, you know. And uh, listen, they won games, so like I'm, yeah. I'm not going to you know not give them credit, but I think they're a little bit of a you know. Hey, they, they were they might be the worst thirteen three team I ever saw, I'll put it that way.
0: Nah, listen, listen, I I completely agree. I, I do because last year my fallback team was the Bears. And this year and we're gonna stay in the same division. I agree with you, Mark. It's the Packers. I don't see them winning thirteen games this year. You know, I I, I seen the Bears as a seven and nine team last year. They were lucky to get eight and eight. Uh I you know, I just I thought Nagy got figured out, you know.
2: But here's here's my cool. thing. Go ahead, John. What's up? Oh, no, I just got a quick question. I have yeah. a qu- question for both of you. Dude, five seconds. Do the Packers make the playoffs with seven playoff teams? No. I no. think this is the year they don't make it.
1: Yeah. And I don't think that they're doomed. Like, I don't think LaFleur is a bad coach. Like, I think they made the right move in going to him. I think he has a bright future. I just think it's going to be some growing pains with him, man. And it's just, like, my concern with that team is, like, the NFL, you win in the trenches, and they are trying well, to be a physical team without addressing the trenches, and that's going to be tough.
0: I'm telling you, man, they don't make the playoffs this year, Say Bob by, yeah, by I don't Aaron like Rodgers. Aaron yeah. Rodgers will be in a New England Patriot uniform next year. I, yeah. well, I, th-
1: I
2: think they make it. I, Do you really? I, you add that extra team, I see them winning nine games. They ain't no 13-win team, but I see, I see nine wins out of that team. That's just that's my gut right. feel. That's what it's telling me. Nine wins. What has Aaron Rodgers ever lost or not won eight games where he wasn't injured? No, ah, it's a good question.
0: I I you yeah. know, I, oh. I don't
1: know I I don't know. And I'm, not, I, I'm gonna go out on a ledge and say no. I think I think here's the the main question that comes down with the Packers, and this is why I'm kinda so down on them, is that We know that Aaron Rodgers is, like, thinking about his next team next year. Like, he knows that – like, you said that, like, oh, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be out of there. No matter what happens this year outside of them going 19-0 and and winning the Super Bowl, which we know is not going to happen, Aaron Rodgers is leaving. Like, they're not going to love on the the bench. He knows that his future is not in Green Bay, so he's going to leave. So – and Aaron Rodgers – doesn't have a reputation of being the best leader, right, the best locker room guy when he's unhappy, and he's going to be unhappy. So if this is a team that doesn't start off well and, and is winning games, he's, it's going to be week five or six, and he's going to be thinking about next year. And I think that that's the kind of disruption and distraction that because that stuff trickles down. If, if Aaron Rodgers isn't happy, nobody's happy, no one's winning games. And that's why I think it could get ugly in Green Bay.
2: You know uh, what? It could. It, yeah. I never – and that didn't even cross my mind, but you are 100%. Yeah, he's already – I mean,
1: he might punch LaFour in the face. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if, if they – put it this way, if they don't win nine games, they ain't getting above six. <laughs> yeah, right. He already – he already – That's a good it. point. Yeah. yeah, he
1: already sends
0: back the family Christmas presents. I mean, what hey, what do you expect yeah. about it out there in Green Bay, right? My lord. But listen, you know, we start the show, i talking about, it could be anybody's division. I said, that I think it's the Minnesota Vikings division to lose, and we're going to go right to Minnesota, and I want to start right with Dalvin Cook. And the reason why I want to start with Dalvin Cook, is because obviously, we knew this kid was a stud, and we knew the biggest problem coming out of college was the injuries, right? We knew all about it, but something special happened last year, and it's the the North Turner effect, and second to North Turner, Mr. Gary Kubiak, who just bred the running back position in Denver for so long. And we can name the guys that he brought in, just like North Turner did, okay, for so many years. But Gary Kubiak had made this kid into a stud. The biggest concern, before we even get the numbers, let me ask you guys one thing. And Mark, I'll start with you. Are the lingering contract demands? And the holdout speculation enough going into a fantasy draft to concern you to say, you know, will he have the balls to hold out for what he deserves? Because he wants David Johnson money. And David Johnson isn't Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is much better than David Johnson right now. But David Johnson was paid handsomely before he turned into what he is right now. So I understand the guy's, you know, the guy's point, especially when you come back from an ACL injury. Does this concern you going into a draft?
1: Um, I think when you get into this situation, what you hear from a lot of people is they don't they don't want to deal with it. I think that's the problem. Like, you know, is Dalvin Cook going to buckle down and hold out? I don't think so. Like we saw Melvin Gordon do that; didn't work out too well. No. We saw Le'Veon Bell do it. Didn't work out too well, right? So I, I think that he's – they're going to figure something out and he's going to get in there. But here's my question, right? We have, a, you know, a, a regular, a light, you know, off-season program to begin with, right? This is a guy who they had injury – who has had injury concerns before. And now he's not getting the camp that he's used to or whatnot. You know, is, does he come in in good shape? If he holds out, how long does he hold out? Is he ready to go? You have to worry about the injuries. Do you want to sit there at week one monitoring this guy every day to see if he's going to be playing? Is he going to be in there? A guy that goes that high, you're getting, you know, you're obviously going to use your first round pickle on him, right? He's probably top five, top six running back overall. So, Do you want to deal with that? Or are you just going to take like a Derrick Henry or a Josh Jacobs or, you know, someone else who's not going to give you those headaches there? And I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, we saw it with Elliott before. You know, you see it with these running backs. Like, you don't, you just don't want to deal with that mess. You can take a comparable guy.
0: Yeah. It it, it scares the hell out of me because I took Melvin Gordon last year and Mm -hmm. I did it. And I thought, there's no way this dude's holding out, right? I took Le'Veon Bell the year before. Right? Like, I, you know, I, I took these guys thinking it can't happen. And, I, you know, you mentioned a couple names, and one specifically, Josh Jacobs. I'm telling you right now, if this is an issue going into this year, I, I, I'm i crazy. I'll take Josh Jacobs instead just because of what you said. I don't want to deal with the drama, the week-to-week what-ifs. I'd rather take mm-hmm. a guy maybe 5% less. You know what? At least I know I'm
2: good. John, what do you think? Is that concern you? Big rule of mine is, number one, no, no. You don't take your first-round draft pick if they got question marks. Period. Look, Doesn't matter
0: if it's injury or contract.
2: Just question marks, period. If if it doesn't play out, if there is a long holdout, you're done. Your team is done. You know, this is a fantasy show, so I'm just saying plain and simple. You cannot fail on your first-round pick. You win leagues with – you know your later round picks, finding those late gems. Uh, listen, I completely hold agree on, with you. injury. I I just I can't do it. I like you said, I'll take a Josh Jacobs. I'll take a Joe Mixon. Now look, we we still got time. That doesn't mean oh, yeah, um, absolutely August twenty third when there's more discussion. Even if it's like a week before the draft, there's guys that I will have ahead of him because I'm afraid to take him. I will take him at the turn as my number two when I know i got a number one locked in. No, like, I can see myself doing that.
0: I agree. But. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, we're talking about Dalvin Cook, who was the fifth-best running back last year, and he missed two games. That's crazy. He missed two games, led the league. Here's a very interesting stat that I dug up I was able to find, which, I, I, again, I know, John, me, you go back and forth with this. I'm not a touchdown guy. Right? I don't care. Don't give me the touchdowns because they're, remember, I tell you, they're a benefit, right? They're a luxury. Touchdowns are a luxury. But what I can say, he led the league with 21 carries inside the five yard line. That's something I didn't expect, especially when you have a guy like Madison behind him as probably the best handcuff in the league. I just thought Zimmer would kind of interchange them a little bit, and he didn't. He gave it to Dalvin Cook 11, 35 and 13 touchdowns last year. This kid's a stud. He's an absolute stud. And when you play, you lose Stephon Diggs this year, right? You have Kirk Cousins who's more of a game manager this his part in his career. They're going to hand the ball off a lot. And I'll tell you, so if there's no injury concerns and there's no contract concerns, I'm telling you right now, Dalvin Cook, to me, is the top three back in fantasy. He's the third back off the board. I, 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 John, I, I don't know what you think about that. I know you do your projections. I know you do your charts. I'm curious, you know, you have your charts in front of you. You know, McCaffrey obviously goes number one, right? There's, I don't think – between the both of us, me, you, Mark, I don't think there's any question that C-Mac is number one. Kamara, number two. Saquon, number two.
2: Who's number two? Who are you thinking? I'll go with Bar- Dalvin Cook, number three. Oh, no. I Well, look, I don't, I'm not even looking at my sheet, but I'll tell you, I would assume that I have Barkley and Zeke, two and three.
0: Say, I, I, I I don't, I, I actually have Barkley at four. I do. I would take Barkley at four. I I go, I go C-Mac. I go Kamara. Right. And then I go Cook and then I'll go Barkley. And then maybe I'll go Zeke. We'll see. What about you, Mark? What are you thinking there?
1: Well, i, I definitely go McCaffrey one, right? Now, right I yeah. probably I might go Barkley too, to be honest with you. I'm a little bit – Elliot, I'm a little bit worried about the Cowboys this year. They got a yeah. lot going on. And, you know, he everybody too is saying like, oh, this is so great. He got COVID-19 because oh, now he's that's not going to have – <laughs> Yeah, well, no, they're saying <laughs> – Yeah, like, you got to worry about it. But they're saying it's a positive, right, because they're like, oh, after two weeks he's going to be fine. If you know anyone that had COVID nineteen oh. to a sincere degree, like I know people who had months ago that they're still not breathing right. Exactly. So like it, it attacks your lungs. That's that's definitely nothing I want my running back to get. No. So exactly. I, I don't and I'm not saying that he might be asymptomatic, he might not have any symptoms or whatnot, but I just think yeah. to me, like I don't. I just think there's so much going on with Dak's contract with that team, and I think that, you know, they went out and they got a bunch of – you know, they got C.D. Lamb again, and I just don't know. I mean, Elliott's been the engine over 300 carries every year, you know, since he's been in the league, but I, I just – A little bullish, man. A guy like Barkley, you know, I think that, you know, I don't think Giants are going to be very good, but he's really all they have. So he's going to have to continue to make plays. So I might take Barkley too. I might not even take Elliott in the top three. I might look at a guy like Henry or Nick Chubb uh, actually in that top three spot. I think Nick Chubb is going to be a murderer. Uh, this year you know with Kevin Stefanski there because you have to think about it we talk about Dalvin Cook and everything he did Minnesota ran the ball 29 times last year like you said they were number one you know in the in the red zone as far as you know running plays and running uh, running rate right so the percentage of run calls that they make inside the red zone they're number one in the NFL Um, and you know so Stefanski leaves now Kubiak's going to do Pretty much the same thing, right? Yep. It's not going to be a ton of change. But Stefanski goes to Cleveland, and now you're going to get, you know, Nick Chubb finally breaks free of Freddie Kitchens. They're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel. They got Hooper there, so there's going to be a lot of two tight ends. They went out and traded for the fullback, Andy Janovich from Denver. So they're going to be playing with a fullback. And to me, it's like Nick Chubb, man. like that. That's my guy. I was on him last year, and he came a little bit short uh, as far as the rushing title. But I think he's going to be – you know, he's going to – really be one of the top backs in the NFL again this year. I might go McG- I might go. McCaffrey, Barkley, and maybe Chubb, if not Chubb, Henry, you know, one of either of those two up there in the top three.
0: Wow. I, I, I like – see, I, that's why I
1: love getting different personalities on I'm this a, I'm over Zeke. I'm over, I love Zeke. It. I'm I over love it. Zeke.
2: Henry in a PPR?
1: PPA, PPR is a little tough, right? So, if it's PPR, I'd probably lean towards Chubb there. But, uh, you know, listen, the Tennessee is going to be back, I think. Wait, wait, wait going a minute, to wait a minute,
0: wait a minute. Is there any other league besides PPR? John, we get this all the time. Don't tell me you're playing a standard league. We don't play standard leagues anymore. No, what
2: I'm saying is
0: – PPR,
2: I, 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 all day long. I, but I can't take Henry in top five in a PPR. That's well, what point. about
1: what about half PPR you can, right? Yeah, half PPR. Half PPR, PPR we're getting there, yeah. Got to yeah, have a little PPR in, there, in there. right?
2: Yeah. You have he to have PPR. PPR. got to have PPR.
0: Dinosaur leagues.
2: Look, I, I know we're not talking AFC North, but, Mark, I got a quick question for you. What do you so, what do you think Hunt's going to do? Yeah, like, I, I, I was thinking the same dig? thing. Look, yeah, I, mean, I
1: think he's going to be the like gadget it's, player. Well, like, it's, the,
2: it's the two tight end personnel that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know Landry and OBJ ain't coming off the field. I right. like Chubb just like you do. Mm-hmm. And I have him in the keeper league. So, I mean – Chubb's my guy, but Hunt—they half the time he was rolled out in the slot last year towards the end of the year. Yeah, like I think that receiver. So, what do you envision? And I'm curious just to get your take. What What do you envision for like Hunt's role and what that means for Chubb?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be reduced. Like, I don't think Hunt is going to get as much run as everyone thinks. Now, they'll be creative. They'll get them in there. Listen, they'll, they'll run some two-back sets, and then they'll move them into the slot, right? So, you know, they'll put them in motion. They might run them from the slot because they're not deep at wide receiver. If you read the Cleveland uh, – you know, I don't, I don't want to say articles, articles, I guess, right? They don't have the papers <laughs> no more. But if you read up on Cleveland locally and what they're saying is, you know, they're like, hey, you know, would you put Rashard Higgins out there? Would you put Kareem Hunt? So they're talking about, you know, Hunt getting even more usage in the slot, being almost like a gadget wide receiver, running back guy. You know, a lot of receptions out of the backfield. That James kind of White, But listen, a Stefanski is a – Pat, you know, he's very creative, but he's going to want to run the ball. You don't go out and get another tight end and a fullback if you're not yeah. going to run the ball. So, I think that's – you know, Nick Chubb is definitely going to get his carries, and he's definitely going to be able to take advantage of them. if you saw him last year. so But, I mean, Hunt, it's a shame because I think he's a great town. On another team, he could probably do a lot more. But I think that, you know, that, that Cleveland offense could be a handful as well as, you know, Mayfield can not turn the ball over. Uh, but, you know, I think that Chubb – for sure. I don't think Hunt's really going to impact him. I think Hunt will put up some big numbers, but a lot of it's going to be they're going to use them in, you know, very creative ways. I see what well, I, I see
0: what division we're going to have to talk about next week. As we're already <laughs> a lot of, a lot of Cleveland Brown talk tonight, man. It's all right. Yeah. I got love for the dog pound. I'm not wrong with that. Oh, you know Baker I, screw me last year.
2: I'm, I'm oh, gonna man. have to figure out what jersey I wear that for that. Uh, <laughs> where wear
0: a Bernie Kosar jersey would be good. But, no. but that, <laughs> but listen. Although I do have a Tim Couch t-shirt, Ooh, a Tim Couch t-shirt.
2: Yes, like what? It, yeah, you know the. Yeah, with the jersey, the with jersey the on the yeah. back. Yeah. Well, yeah. How the hell I got it? I have no idea. I was going to say, I, how'd you get that? The, I don't remember. Foreman Mills, Yardstick. I think it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Gab- Gabriel Brothers. I think if you guys are familiar with, that. I have
0: no idea who that is. No. Is that a Pittsburgh store?
2: No, I. No, it's not just Pittsburgh, but uh, okay, yeah. Okay. Like, you go there and like you'll find shorts that are like $60 shorts, but they got a little rip in them. See,
0: that's where, like four and you them for was. five dollars back in the day for me growing up in the city. It was like you want to go get your your uh echo gear, your rock aware, you got to go yes. there yes. and get the ear the ear regs. Yeah, have a little that's stitch exactly off of That's what back, back, right? it was. That's oh, what yeah, it was. Man. you definitely get that, but but they to the get back. To the Minnesota offense. So we we would look at one of the biggest acquisitions. Well, I should say biggest departures with Stefan Diggs, which would be pretty interesting. You know, we're gonna rely on Adam Thielen coming back from a you know a, a, a questionable year last year, right? So he only had 10 games last year. He had a lot of back issues, he had stiffness in the back, you know, a lot of people a lot of people were down on him in the preseason. You know, could could you say and and I'm not trying to make this like a, you know, because he's a white receiver, okay, but a la Jordy Nelson. And what I mean by that is, you know, you watch Jordy Nelson have spectacular years, he tears the ACL, he's never the same. Now, I know Thielen didn't tear his ACL last year, he had a back injury, but still, I mean, you're talking about in 2018 and 2019, tremendous numbers, 107 and 18, 91 and 19, okay, back-to-back 1,200-yard seasons, this kid – is the real deal. Signed a a, a big money deal, but can he be the guy without a Stephon Diggs? Can he be the guy? Can Kirk Cousins make him the number one receiver without question this year in Minnesota? What do you think, Mark? What do you got on that?
1: I think so. I I know whether he can stay healthy is probably a different conversation, but I definitely do think that uh, you know him and Kirk Cousins I mean that's pretty much what drove Stefan Diggs out of Minnesota yeah that, that marriage that love of yep. between those two players so I think that he's going to get plenty plenty of balls um, plenty of opportunities you know when he's healthy on the field I just think that the defense that offense um, as a whole is it's going to be a little different without Diggs everyone thinks you could just plug Justin Jefferson in yeah. you know Stefan Diggs is, you know, one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's one of the best wide receivers, if you're just talking about, like, not fantasy, not stats, not nothing, just, you know, pure talents. You know, he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. Like, I have a ton of respect for Stephon Diggs, and I think to ask Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, to just walk in and fill those shoes is a a ton. So, like, I I think that, you know, the offense, you know, could take a little bit of a step down, even though I think Cousins is better I think Thielen might even get the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see it play out because defenses, they don't have to worry about bigs anymore. You know, they can really focus on Thielen, and that's a different – it's a different energy, man, when you got the defense's secondary all over you. Yeah,
0: it's completely – I mean, you're talking about – you get rid of Diggs and McDermott got him a stud out there at Buffalo. Uh, congratulations, yeah. Josh Allen. But uh, I mean, you're talking about – you know, you say Justin Jefferson. Obviously, that's their first-round pick. Uh, you know, he had an unbelievable year. Okay, in college, I mean, we're talking video game numbers, dude, 111, 15, 40, and 18, eight 100-yard games. I mean, this kid was unbelievable, UCLA, but, I mean, guess what? Laquan Treadwell was a pretty dang good receiver, too, and he was straight at the 23rd overall a few years ago. So I'm not saying he's Laquan Treadwell, but what I'm saying is, you know, like you said, Mark, it's a lot to put on a rookie guy who has a lot to prove right now, and your third guy is Tajay Sharp, which was like the, if you remember, the preseason Nay Brown Award winner for the Tennessee Titans a few yeah. years ago. So it's not like we have a ton of weapons beyond Adam Thielen. So, John, what are you seeing out here? wide receiver record for this fancy, uh, basically this fancy segment? where we're talking about the Minnesota Vikings?
2: I mean, I think it comes down to what we said about Dalvin Cook and what they want to do. I mean, they want to run the ball, in my opinion. So, look, whether it's Dalvin Cook, if he doesn't make through 16 games, they got Madison, they got guys, uh, you know, they got guys to fill the shoes. So, I mean, that's the game plan. Look, it's definitely going to hurt Thielen not having Diggs there. But at the same time, I mean, prior to last year, look, he only played 10 games, all right? He was he was off and on the field. Diggs had a great year. Uh, look, they're they want to run the ball, but – He's he's put up. I mean, the two years before that. I mean, he he's getting 140, 150 targets. You know what I mean? So he's getting the work. Last year, I mean, in reality, was the anomaly. You know, over the three-year trend. Look, Diggs is going to take a dip in you know his production, but they want to run the ball. Look, I think he'll have a good season. It ain't going to be what it was. You know, two three years ago, catching for 1200. You know, 1200 yards and having you know, close to 100 catches, um, I think he'll take a little bit of a hit. But for the way that offense is run, I think he's still going to get his – it's not going to be of yesteryear, but it's going to be a heck of a lot better than last year. And I mean, even last year, he – I mean, he still caught six touchdowns.
0: No, listen, I, I, he's, he's very – much. I mean, Mark alluded to the, to the marriage earlier, which I, I agree. Listen, as long as Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen are both healthy, I mean, the, the, the guy's going to catch a lot of balls. So he's that talented. I mean, he's going to live on a side. He's going to live in the middle. He's going to run that team route. I mean, he, he has talent. He does. He's going to find out. I mean, Kirk Cousins last year turned into more of a game manager, but at times was an absolute stud. I mean, five games of 25 to 35 points, which, I mean, that came because he had multiple three-touchdown games, okay? But he had the lowest attempts of his career, of 444, which, which shows exactly what John and Mark, you guys are saying, that they want to run the ball. It's exactly what that shows you. So the question is, can Kirk Cousins be the guy that basically – Maybe like your Philip Rivers type fantasy quarterback because Philip Rivers is always a guy you can wait on. And I think Kirk Cousins surprised some people last year because he was on a waiver. I know I picked him up off the waiver wire and I started him for about five or six games. And he did very well. He didn't start off the season great, but, it, but, but, he, but he eased into it and he, and he started showing that he can be a fantasy asset again. So if you're looking at quarterbacks, I mean, I don't really think, see if you guys disagree with me, he, I don't think he's a starter anymore. I think he's a spot starter. He's a good DFS pick, and he's a good number two. But as a starter, if you're telling me I'm drafting Kirk Cousins as my number one overall quarterback, I don't know, Mark. You, are you feeling that? Because I'm not.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, there's just too many good quarterbacks. Like, listen, you know, maybe if you're in an 18-team league, right, you could be your number one (laughs) quarterback. But, you know, there's just too many. He's right in that range probably that, you know, maybe 14 to 20 range. If you want to get real yep. excited about him, you can, you know, but like you said, you know, 14 puts you, you know, 12 team league. He's probably your, you know, high highly rated number two guy. And I think that's really what he is. If you need him, you know, your quarterback goes down, yep. he's on by, you need to plug someone in. Kirk Cousins is your guy because listen, I think he's, you know, I, I think he made – a lot of progress last year, even though it didn't show it in the stat sheet. I think he, he showed up pretty big in some big games, which is a pretty big knock against him. So I think he's maturing as a quarterback. He signed the extension. He knows he's going to be in Minnesota for a long time. Um, so, you know, I, I like his trajectory. I just think that, you know, from fantasy perspective, you know, he's not a top-ten guy.
0: No, he definitely isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you know the, the the new trend of the two quarterback leagues are really starting to yeah. catch on. So yeah. you know, and, and surprisingly, he's been pretty durable the last few years. So if you're talking a mm-hmm. best ball league, he's not a bad quarterback to have to throw in there and, and, and never look back. So, but speaking of quarterbacks, one of the most intriguing dilemmas is what you do with Matt Stafford in Detroit. We're going to go right to the Detroit Lions, and the reason why I say that is because Matt Stafford. Obviously, it's no longer the 2011 Matt Stafford, who we've seen, and we We know why, Megatron, right? 5,000-plus yards, 40 touchdowns or more. I get it. He's not that guy anymore. But when you talk about Detroit, Matt Patricia came from that New England-style offense. Matt Stafford just – you know, I don't even know how to explain it. Sean Brace was listening to me right now. He, you know, he'd laugh when I say body language because he would get – he would get in, insane – When we do PI Live and I say body language, Matt Stafford's body language to me just is like, I I don't feel anything. There's like no excitement, no nothing. And, you know, he has the weapons, which with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr. But he just seems like on a week-to-week basis, he's not consistent enough for me to be my guy. He's a guy that everybody's waiting on. Now, the crazy thing is, if you look at some Detroit papers and you look at some Detroit beat writers, they're talking this could be, It's crazy but an, an MVP-style year for Matt Stafford this year, which I, I'm not seeing. I, I don't get it. And I and we're talking about NFL. I'm not talking about fantasy. So to me, fantasy, he's, I, I would take him above Kirk Cousins because I think he has more opportunity, especially when you're talking about a, a Detroit defense that was 28th last year, loses Darius Slay. They draft Akuta, but it's going to take a couple years for Cuda to get acclimated. So they're going to be playing from behind. But again, Matt Stafford, guys, help me out. John, I'll start with you this time. I know, I, I know you like the quarterbacks. After, you know, five, you, you throw them in a, you know, basically in one basket. Where you at Matt Stafford? Throw them in a Stafford? bucket, yes. yeah, right. Throw, I know, I know how you a are. Bucket, you throw them in a bucket. So what do you think about Matt Stafford? Let me ask you this. 30 touchdowns. Make I, it easy. Does he I get 30 touchdowns this year?
2: I do not want Matt Stafford as my quarterback. He gets 28 <laughs> touchdowns this year. 28.
0: Mark, does he get
1: 30? I think he does. I think, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, which is always a big question with Matt Stafford. But, you know, you look at him last year and, listen, Matt Stafford's biggest problem is his, his team stinks, dude. And, like, exactly. Detroit has always, always, you know, been, you know, a bad franchise. But, I, dude, I think these this dude's tough as nails. I think that he, he gets a bad rap a little bit. And, you know, last year, if you look at it, eight games, right – Threw for 2,500 yards, right? So full season, that's 5,000 yards. And, you know, he threw for, I think it was like 19 touchdowns in half the season. So, um, you know, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, it looks like. So I definitely think he can do it. He has the weapons, Galladay. You know, they added DeAndre Swift. You know, the offensive line isn't great, right? Matt Patricia came in there. He's supposed to build that team from the lines out, and he's kind of, you know, failed there. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it's it, – listen, if he could stay healthy, sixteen games. There's always questions about his health. He gets banged up. He's a gamer, um, so you know you kind of have to hedge it that way. But I mean, he definitely has the talent, dude. I, I you know, I think you can let it rip. I'd be more comfortable with him though. Would be cousins for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh definitely. no, definitely. no question. My, yeah, uh, Truthfully, my concern is that back injury. Yeah, but that's big. You know what I mean? It's not like he's a third-year, um, you know, quarterback in the league. I mean, he's taken, think about the beating that he took all those years. He was taking mm-hmm. a beating. You know, most sacks, uh, most sacks, most sacks a lot. How many probably? He was uh, five for like three years, five years in a row. He's another cat who never had a
0: good line. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, it, it, good, I never but, understood these teams.
2: Right. But like Mark said, 16 games every year. I mean, last year he, he had a broken back. <laughs> yeah. Carson Wentz. He still Wentz somehow threw 19 touchdowns in eight games.
1: Yeah, well, that's a good, you know, the fact that you bring a Wentz, Tony, I think is great because it gives us – a real life example of, you know, like Wentz came back last year, you know, back wasn't the problem. Was able to come back, play 16 games, you know, obviously had the concussion at the end of the year, you know, but that's a separate issue had, you know, one didn't have anything to do with the other. So he was able to bounce back from the back. So you hope Stafford could do the same thing. Now, Wentz a little bit younger, right. And of course, you know, is, you know, John alluded to like, listen, we, you know, Matt Stafford has, you know, plenty of years of getting sacked 40, 50 times (laughs) a year, you know, under his belt. But, uh, you know, it's I, I like him, man. And I, I don't think that he has any chance of winning MVP because you really have to win. Uh, you have to be one of the best teams in the league to, to win MVP. Like, if you look back at the years, you know, the, the, the players that won MVP, they all been on teams that won, like, 11 or more games. I, like I was just, all yeah, dude, winning exactly. games. And that ain't going to be the Lions. You know what I yeah. mean? And, you oh, know, it, it,
2: oh if, there's no doubt. If the Lions won 11, 12 games, yes, yeah, Stafford. He'd <laughs> be right up in there. Stafford yeah. could be – and I will tell you, it wouldn't shock me for Stafford to be a top 10 quarterback. Would not shock me whatsoever. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, shocked whatsoever.
1: Either. Yeah, I, I, if he plays 16 games, he could definitely get in there. You know, I take him over Matt Ryan. You know, I take him over a lot of those guys that are right in that mix. But the, uh, you know, that that's the thing. But you, what the problem is, is what I see for the Lions is I see them getting off to another slow start. Yep. You know, and I see Patricia getting fired midseason, and then the team is in turmoil, and, you know, he's stuck in the middle of all the BS. You know what I mean, and that's you know that's not conducive to, you know, really you know putting up top five numbers. So, you know, it's it's Detroit's a team that you don't want to bank on. You know, Matt Stafford's a great talent, but you have to take all that into consideration.
0: Yeah, well, and he's got he's got a lot he's got a lot of weapons out there. He's got a lot oh, of weapons. Oh, there's hate, no
2: question on the
0: weapons.
1: Yeah, but he they really kind of hate they hate Marvin Jones. I feel like. I, and I don't know, know why. I'm know glad
0: you said that because I was gonna. I think Marvin Jones. And, and I'm guilty of this as well because I'm I'm a big guy who, who who doesn't go in depth as much as I should sometimes, and I just look at what what you know what what the cover is on the outskirts, and I just go with it. And Marvin Jones, until you deep, you know, until you dig deep into the analytics of Marvin Jones Jr. Last year, he 13 games, right? He had six games of five catches or more. He was very reliable. Okay, mm-hmm. 62 for 809. In 13 games, I mean, as a as a number two receiver, okay, right. and and let's not forget eight games with Jack Driscoll. We're not talking yeah. about Matt Stafford here.
1: And who was the other guy? Uh, Blow or Blau or whatever they. Had oh Blau. Uh, yeah. Blau. yeah, Blau. Oh my lord. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean they're pulling people off the street. Yeah. I was waiting for you know, then the for Chef Ramsay to come out with a chin oh. strap and, <laughs> and buckle it up. Like they're just like you know, I didn't know what was going on with the people they were pulling in there, but it's, it's the same thing. I mean, that's the Marvin Jones is a guy where I think that, you know, they, they got sour on him, Patricia, and they really didn't let him loose. Now last year they had no choice, you know, but I think if this year they come in healthy and, you know, they, they let these guys go, I think they, you know, Jones can have a huge year.
0: I'll tell you what, he could have a year. And I know John, John likes this when I do this, but you know, he can have that sleeper low end wide receiver one year. In a PPR league, I, I know John shaking his head. See, people don't see this, the footage right now. John shaking his head. No, 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 no. <laughs> right, but here, John, let me throw this at you. Okay, let let's add three real 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 quick. I'm not going to take a calculator out. We're just going to look at these stats. You better sixty two. Hold on, <laughs> two, give me three games. Right, it, he plays three extra games. He gets over a thousand yards. Okay, that, 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 all right. You got to give me that. So if he yeah. does that, you you average five, fifteen, right? You're talking seventy. I'm going to give him seventy-eight for about eleven hundred and eleven touchdowns. How is that not a low-end wide receiver one in this league? When you get past those top eight or ten, everybody else is in that ten to thirty. Everybody, you can't do that much worse than Marvin Jones Jr. In my opinion. Am he I could, nuts?
2: It, you want to prorate a sample size? I mean – It's not a – say.
0: this this is year to year, man. We're talking only three games he missed last year. I'm only prorating three games. And, yeah, and, and he played from, with garbage. You might as well have Bobby yes. Brister throwing him the ball.
2: From last year. What about the last three years – or the three years prior he played with Stafford? Because Stafford's been there. He has. Put it this way. No, what, what I'm going to tell you is he is a 60-catch receiver – He's a 1,000-yard receiver, and he's an eight-touchdown receiver. Not looking at my projections or anything. That's the kind of guy that he is. He's going to have games where he blows up. He is going to catch touchdowns. You know who he, he is? He's is, not uh, going to catch close to 80 balls. But That's but here's the deal.
0: You, you know what he is, and he is – You know, everybody has different leagues. They're all run completely different, okay? The one league that I've been running for 20 years, which I absolutely love, you do not have to start a tight end. So in a league like mine, where you can go five wide, you can run run the run-and-shoot in fantasy football, okay? You can take a guy like George Kittle as your number one, and then Marvin Jones Jr. essentially becomes your number one wide receiver because technically George Kittle... Is who you picked first. So in that essence, Marvin Jones is very capable
2: of holding up that kind of number. That's because in the saying. run and shoot, he's your number two. Right. Exactly. What I'm and saying. He, and is- he can't. Yes, he can do it. But I have a whole slew of guys that I'm going to take before him. That's no. Like, well, let's I, say I, I, I told you. I told you that pretty much the stats that I expect out of him. Like I don't expect him to have a bad year. I like Marvin Jones in my flex. You want to ask me for, like, where I feel comfortable with his spot? In my flex. That's where it is. I like Mark, it. What about you, Mark? What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, I think – I think Jones has value. Now, whether – you know, when you say, you know, wide receiver one, you know, you kind of look at it like, okay, like
2: – Low, low, low. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, it's going to be kind of tough. Like, can you know, can he get into, like, top 30 overall wide receivers? A couple things break, right? Like, yeah, you know, I'm sure. But it's – You know, it's a risk with him because I just think that it's such an unstable situation when you look at, you know, okay, Stafford, is he going to be healthy, right? You know, is, you know, the coaching staff going to be there, right? Like, who knows? Like, Patricia gets fired, they clean house and they bring in some guy, the whole offense can change, you know what I mean? So there's just a lot of volatility. With taking these Lions players, but I do agree with you. I think he's more talented. Than he gets credit for, and I think that he's going to pull numbers from Galladay. Like I think Galladay's a little overrated. I think Jones. is a So little do overrated. I. Yes. Uh, yes. And that, and that's why, I like Marvin Jones,
0: because mm-hmm. I think Galladay is. I mean, he's being selected as 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 essentially the eighth wide receiver in some drafts. Overall, yeah, it's no good. Yeah. Yeah. Truthfully, that's no one.
2: Of, that's one of the few situations where I feel like it's one and one a. Eh? Yes. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's like. Look, I'm not so caught Yeah, because Jones is always nipping at Galladay's heels. I mean, you see the eight touchdowns he be, he gets. Like every year, you could guarantee he's going to get eight touchdowns.
0: You know, and and the other the other silent factor here is T.J. Hawkinson still is not fully healed from an ankle injury. So you know, as a tight end, a guy that Stafford looked too early may not even have him, depending on what kind of season that we embark on this year, which means more catches, and then when we look at the running back position of on Johnson, DeAndre Swift, I mean, there's some, you know, there's some prognosticators out there that, that think that DeAndre Swift will actually be the starting running back over on Johnson. And if that does happen, that's going to be more catches to the running back. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking – the projection is about 170 to 200 carries for DeAndre Swift. I'd say that, that's a huge split out there in Detroit. So there's going to be a lot of mouse to feed. And, and I know, Mark, you say it's unstable, but mm-hmm. what we also say with a bad defense, they're going to be playing from behind an awful lot. So I think all these players are going to have their the ability to put up some really good fantasy points. But I think Detroit is still – a team that's more of a DFS team than it is an actual standard fantasy team because they're just going to be sporadic from
2: week to week. I don't know what this team's going to be this year. It's seriously going to be a very interesting team to watch. With yeah, Swift coming in at the running back. Carry-ons there. Bo Scarborough. I mean, he's he's the plotter. That's all he is. But Ty Johnson, who was practically the de facto (laughs) starter, is now probably going to get cut would be my guess. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: we, we we don't know. And that's why this division well, and, and, is so up in the air. And it really even is. more,
2: I heard that Jason Huntley, like the other guy, I heard he is like a special teams nightmare that they want him on kick returns. So, I definitely think that uh, Ty Johnson's up. But, yeah, I don't see, I don't know how Swift carry on. I, I don't I, know. It,
0: it, you know. Carry on is going to be health. The biggest, the biggest issue with K.J. is the health. And I haven't said K.J. for years since Kevin Johnson and Phoenix. Yeah, but, that's, right? that's the only <laughs>
2: K.J. Yeah, I
0: mean, K.J. to me is, you know, number seven, Phoenix Suns all day. But but what I'm saying, though, is when you talk about on Johnson, it, you know, he has all the ability in the world. It's just about health. So yeah. if you got a kid like DeAndre Swift who's hungry, that comes in straight from Georgia, can, and he no, – listen, man, he can deal. He can. He he's out there. He he. You know, I hate the, the – No pun intended. But Swift. I mean, there's a reason why his last name is Swift. This kid's exciting. He he could come in and training camp. Well, whatever kind of training camp they actually have. And for fantasy purposes, he, he he's going to go early. People are going to take him early because they're mm-hmm. going to see him as you know taking this spot, especially from a team that's in disarray.
1: Yeah, well, when you look at the Lions, too, they obviously think a lot about them because I was surprised at the pick because that team has a lot of needs. Like, we talked about it, you know what I mean? And for (laughs) them to focus on running back – at that point of the draft and say, listen, we got to get this guy. We got to get him here. You know, there are other running backs on the board. So, um, you know, I think they have big plans for Swift. I think that, you know, you don't take someone at that point of the draft if you're not going to make them a focal point of your offense. I think they're down on Johnson for whatever reason, whether it's the injuries or whatnot. Um, But I think that, you know, DeAndre Swift is going to be a big part of it. A rookie, so, you know, he's going to, you know, he might run into that wall towards the second half of the year. But I think they're going to try and make him a big part of the offense for sure.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. And, hey, Mark, so, Mark, let me ask you this. How many carries does DeAndre – and, Tony, I want to hear from you too. How many carries does DeAndre Swift get this year? Because we all know that fantasy football is based on volume. The number Mm -hmm. of targets equates to the number of stats. The number of carries equates to the number of stats. So, I mean, what do we see? I mean, because obviously there's going to be a different any rookie coming in There's a big difference from week one through week four to week 12 to week 16 Mm -hmm. in general. And I mean, if there's if you see a big shift or whatever, but usually if they're starting week one, I don't know if he's going to be or whatever it is. There's a lot of pass protection questions. But what do you see Swift having at the end of it? Give me the carry split Swift and carry on Johnson.
1: I think Swift gets more carries, for sure. I think he definitely does. Um, And I think that Detroit as a whole, I think they want to be a running team. Like, I think they want to run the ball more. I think they want to be a physical team that's been Patrice's whole MO since he got here. You know, whether – Game state allows them to do that, right? If you're down by 21, you can't be a running team, you know? You know like there's probably one guy, probably Mike Zimmer would still run the ball, but anyone else is, you know, they're going to have to air it out. And, you know, so that's really what I think comes down to. When I look at their schedule early in the season, right, they start with the Bears, you know, the, it's a game at home. You know, Bears probably going to be tough to run on, right? I think, you know, uh, what's the guy with the Colts? Pagano, right? He's done a great job for taking yep. over Fangio. But then they go, they play Green Bay, right? We know Green Bay's soft. You know you can run on Green Bay. They play Arizona. Arizona's soft, right? Love Isaiah Simmons, but they need a lot of work on that defense as well, you know, before they play the Saints. So I think there's some opportunity there for them to get things rolling. You know, towards the end of the year, you know, listen, it gets a little tougher, right? They got Tennessee. You know, they finish up the year at Tennessee, Tampa, and Minnesota, so they're not going to do too much running on those teams. But, um, you know, again, the end of the year is not – you know, he's not going to be the guy to win your fantasy championship. Whenever you draft a rookie running back, you know you're doing it for the first half. And I think he might be able to pay off dividends. I think Detroit, you know, if they can, you know, win some games, obviously they start off like 0-3, 0-4, and it's going to be, you know, an explosion. The whole thing's going to end. Everyone's going to get fired. But if they can win some games early, I think he can have a good first half of the year.
2: Let, here, let me ask you this, though. but if they – and, Tony, I still want to hear your take on the two. But if, if they start winning games, who are they gonna hand it to in the fourth quarter? Are they gonna give it to the rookie or are they gonna give it to somebody else?
1: Uh, I, I don't think they I don't think they it they would have a problem giving it. To, to swift you know what I mean I think you you do it until he burns you you know what I mean like if he starts putting it on the carpet then you don't give him the ball anymore but just because he's a rookie I don't think they're not going to trust him again I think they like what they saw with him obviously I was shocked they took him at that point in the draft so I, was I think too. they like him a lot so um I think that they're going to trust him and they're going to give him See the ball him. they're going to ride him yeah until you know probably towards the end of the year but you know what Detroit's probably gonna be out of it by then. They're gonna be throwing the ball anyway, so, you <laughs> yeah, know, man. no one expects Detroit to be playing meaningful meaningful games in December. So,
2: what what do you think, Jigsaw? No, on, listen, man. Take. I, I'm honestly,
0: I am all over DeAndre Swift. He's one of my most intriguing sleepers at the running back position. I do with a team like the Detroit Lions, three and twelve last year, and, and one tie. I always forget about the guy. They absolutely sucked. They were a hot mess. They were terrible. Matt Patricia, just like Mark said, he's not making it out this year. So they're going to have no reason not to give the ball. That DeAndre Swift, the only thing to keep Swift off the field and not top of 200 carries is an injury. That's it. Or, like Mark said, maybe he's, he's got a fumbling issue. Or, like you said, John, maybe he's a problem in pants protection. But I think DeAndre Swift not only eclipses 200 carries, but he's going to be a guy who catches the ball out of the backfield 20, 30, 40 times. And he could be a three-down back. Especially with a guy like on Johnson who has proved not to be able to stay healthy. I mean, little bit of excitement, sell some tickets in Detroit when you're a bad team and you wanna get you know, you wanna get that dome filled and you, and you wanna be exciting, you wanna be on T V, you give it to the rooks. So I, I, I'm very high on DeAndre Swift. I actually think he's a he's he's like a late third, fourth round flyer. I mean, I think he's gonna go in the third yeah. round.
2: I oh, mean, yeah. easily. Well, easily. where he'll where he'll go and where he'll perform or Oh, Probably going to be two different things, but no doubt. I yeah. mean,
0: that's obvious, right? That's obvious. We know all about that. But uh, we, we spent enough time on Detroit, so <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we, right. We got we
2: got to t- yeah, we, we, uh, we, we got to go to
0: the other trash heap, the other dumpster fire. Okay, led by Matt Call Me Charles Nagy. Okay, when we talk about the Chicago Bears, the eight and eighteen. That I mean, let's just start it off, man. Okay, uh, the, the infamous Nick Foles. Okay, Nick Foles goes to Jacksonville. He gets, you know, injured in the first game of the year, right? Anthony throws a pretty touchdown, right? And then he gets hurt. He never gets his job back from Garden Minshew, Uncle Rico from the Pauline Dynamite, right? (laughs) I mean, listen, I mean, Minshew, who would have thought that that would have happened out there in Jacksonville? And now he comes to Chicago, which is a hot mess, where Mitchell Trubisky, which should not have been drafted where he was, Okay, it's a big time mistake. We don't even need to get into who was drafted after him, okay, because we all know. Okay, but now we have Nick Foles, who's basically, to me, it's his job to lose. They wouldn't have brought Nick Foles in if they thought Mitch was the guy. Okay, Nagy needs to do everything he can to save his job. So he's going to put as much faith as he can into Nick Foles. But for my money, this is a fancy show. Nick Foles is not and will never be. A fantasy starting quarterback in this league, my opinion. I don't, you know, maybe you want to get him as a backup. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now if you're not going anywhere, if Nick Foles is on your team, do I have any disagreements with that? Mark, what do you say? Am I, am I crazy?
1: Yeah, from fantasy purposes, <laughs> I definitely think you're on point. I mean, they are not going to get a lot of overall production from the quarterback position, right? And I think that Foles' job in Chicago is going to be to not lose the games, right? And I think right. that that's where Trubisky failed. And I think that, you know, it's – so, you know, is – if there's one player, you know, that I think that from that Bears team that's going to benefit from the change to Trubisky to Foles because I think it definitely his job. I know where um, you're going. I don't think it's a competition. It's going to be Allen Robinson. Oh, yeah. And I think that it's really um, – he's if he can stay healthy, I mean, he can easily be, I think, a top-10 wide receiver in that offense. Um, you look at – you know, what they're bringing Foles in to do and how that offense is constructed. You know, Foles will throw those deep balls, you know, and let him go up and get it. Foles doesn't care if it gets intercepted or not. He lets it rip, puts it on the wide receiver. That's exactly what Allen Robinson likes, Um, you know. And, you know, again, I think that, you know, they're going to get back to a very conservative offense. I think you're going to see a lot of screens with Tariq Cohen, um, and they're going to try and run the ball, do play action, go deep. And I think that Allen Robinson is going to be a huge beneficiary of that. I think it's going to be a big year for Robinson. Foles' number is going to be average as always. He's going to throw, you know, some touchdowns. He's going to throw some interceptions. He's going to throw 200 – high 200 yardage-wise. You know, nothing crazy. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the one player to target on that team is Allen Robinson for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I listen, I love Allen Robinson. I, I, I slept on Allen Robinson last year only because – of Mitch Trubisky, I mean, yeah, right. I mean, when you're drafting in fantasy football and you're drafting wide receivers, you have to look who's someone on the ball. And if yeah. you're not comfortable, right? I wasn't comfortable with
1: Mitch in my one league. I got him super late, and right. it was like this steal. Like I remember, when I was mad after the draft because I was like, "Oh, I should have took Josh Gordon there." Right? I was like, worried yep. about?" Like, you know, that's how late he went. And uh, I just think that he's listen, dude. He, I mean, he he got fourteen hundred yards of Blake Bortles you know is yep. so nick nick Foles can do that so i you know i think he's gonna be in, in for another huge year i think what Foles does fits his game perfectly um so i think he's gonna be the huge beneficiary
0: 98 catches last year eleven hundred forty seven yards with
1: yeah with, with, with,
0: with, with, exactly i mean yeah. you know so that that's that's the crazy part so just just think i mean his average 11.7, which was 70th in the NFL. It just shows you how bad Trubisky really was, right? And and, mm-hmm. and I could see those over-the-shoulder catches 40 yards down the field, to Al Robinson, who if you've seen on Twitter, you'll follow him on Twitter, you see the, the kind of endurance training that he's doing, you know, when, when he's mm-hmm. working on the arches of his feet and, and, and his
1: calves, I mean – this dude's for
0: real. He's only 27. Oh, he's legit, dude. Right? He's, he's so only 27. Good.
1: Yeah. People think he's older because he had the breakout year and then right. he got hurt and he's been through a lot. So, people feel like he's been around a lot longer than he has. But he, he's a guy coming out of draft that wasn't sold. I'm not going to lie. But, he, listen, he changed my mind immediately. You can do that kind of stuff with Blake Bortles. You can get it done. And you can just tell. I mean – you know, listen, we are salivating over the fact that Nick Foles is going to be this guy's quarterback. Ain't it crazy? Can you imagine? <laughs> like, I mean, can you imagine if he was in Kansas City? Can you imagine wow. if he was in Baltimore? You know, can you imagine even if he was in San Francisco? Like, I'd like know, him in Philly. Right, bring, bring, exactly. Bring him, yeah, bring right. him to Philly. You know what I mean? Man, and there's exactly. so many teams where he could – probably catapult into being a top five wide receiver and you know i think he could be a top 10 one even with Foles. you know i mean the the chicago offense was so bad last year they were bottom three or four in almost every statistical category whether it's yards per play whether it's total offense whether it's passing yards whether it's yards per game scoring the bottom four in almost every category they were just pitiful so you know Foles just has to be average and and i think he's pretty good at that i think he can handle that so i think that uh you know they'll, they'll be okay Allen Robinson will
0: uh, be fine. I completely agree. So, John, I'm not even going to ask you about Allen Robinson because I think that you know that the stats speak for themselves. You already know about him. What I want to ask you about is the number two guy, in Anthony Miller. And I, I'm curious to see what your take is on Anthony Miller. What does Anthony Miller do in this draft this year? With, you know, basically 52 catches last year you seen some flashes. We know why he was drafted. You know, uh, uh, there's a lot of pre, you know, pregame hype about him this year. Uh, you know, taking that next step, especially with a more established quarterback maybe coming in. Do you see him as a fantasy commodity? What do you think, Anthony Miller? Can he have
2: a breakout this year? He can have a breakout. I wouldn't say he's a commodity by any means. You caught me off guard. I mean, I'm, I'm I could talk Anthony Miller, but you're right you're right a man cross about a Rob, weren't you? I, that- well, no. I'll, my only <laughs> statement on it, just to finish it off, was yes, he can be a top ten receiver.
0: A Rob, yes, absolutely. I, you know, that, that's Miller, what, I, I, I think I, I think Al Rob's going to be a top seven receiver this year.
2: I have him sixteen, and it wouldn't shock me. I just 10. yeah, I just think he's taking that step. I do. Well, so go ahead, Anthony Miller. No, so, so go to Anthony Miller. I mean, it's going to come down – I feel like every time I say it comes down to the game plan. Chicago does not want to pass the ball a heck of a lot. And, like, Trubisky, he has nothing, for, like, in terms of accuracy. Like, he he's just done nothing in the NFL. So, Foles comes on board. Look, I'm not saying that he's the savior by any means, but at least you could trust the passing game a little bit more. I mean, I see, I see him getting you know a few touchdowns, five, six. I mean that that he's more of a touchdown guy, even though he shouldn't be. Um, look, I don't think there's enough passing offense to make Anthony Miller anything more than a bench player.
0: No, you're right. I mean, it just it just seems very interesting. You know, you guys keep saying that I think Mark said the same thing. I know you just said it, John, about them not passing the ball a lot. I think they're going to pass the ball a ton. I do. I I, I do. I don't don't think they're going to rely on Montgomery. I I, I don't. And I think they're going to start. And when we've seen this team excel, you know, we asked a question. I know I did myself last year. What is going on with the Tariq Cowan usage? I mean, we've seen what he did a year prior. You know, he excelled in that crazy spread kind of offense which is why Nagy came for Kansas City with Andy Reid and brought that to Chicago. And, and, and he went away from that last year, probably partly because it was the quarterback. So I look at this year, and they bring a guy in like Ted Ginn Jr. to be their number three receiver. He's going to stretch the field. I mean, you talk about A-Rob going down the field. You talk about Ted Ginn stretching the field. You talk about Tariq Cohen coming out on, on a wheel route. And who's left but Anthony Miller, right in the slot all day long. I mean, I, I, I'm i not – listen, I'm not saying this is a, the next coming right here or nothing, but I, what I'm saying is, you know, we're always looking at late-round sleepers in PPR leagues when we talk about fantasy football. And, again, I mean, you know, 85 targets last year are, are really nothing to sneeze about. I mean, I mean, nothing to get excited about, I should say. But 40 of them, 47% came in just three games, which shows you – Okay, that that he can still be that guy. Okay, you know, as a number two or a number three flex guy. So I think people will sleep on a guy like Anthony Miller, and I think he will. He's 25 years old, man. 25 years old. So I think, you know, Nagy sits there and studies some field about his old team, and he watches them win a Super Bowl, and he sees how they use guys like McCole Harbin in that offense, and he says, you know what, that could be my Anthony Miller. And I'm going to do this somehow, some way. I have a guy now that can sling the rock a little bit. I'm not, I'm not loving Nick Foles. What I'm saying is he's more capable to make this offense exciting. So that's why I'm, I'm actually sold on Anthony Miller this year as a guy that you can get really late, but he can really produce week to week.
1: Yeah, I, I like Miller as well. And I think that, you know, a great point is you have to look at what they're trying to do on offense. And they really, to me, everything they've done in the offseason has been about Nick Foles trying to yep. play to his strengths, right? They brought in Filippo to be the quarterbacks coach. They brought in Bill Lazor, who we remember from 2013 here with Chip Kelly, who worked oh, with yeah. Nick Foles then, right? He's the offensive coordinator. Great So point. everything is built around – Nick Foles and his strengths and I really think that you know Foles is a type of quarterback that is you know not he's a rhythm player he's not good off platform he's not good when the play breaks down right we saw that in Jacksonville bad offensive line he was a, a deer in the headlights right so you know he's a rhythm guy. He's going to drop back. He's going to make his reads, and he's going to throw it where the ball's supposed to go. And I think that plays to the slot receiver, right? We saw him yep. have a lot of success with Aguilar the year uh, they won a yep. Super Bowl. Everybody yep. was like, "Oh, Nelson Aguilar is great." Blah blah blah. Why Aguilar was playing the position he's meant to play, and Nick Foles was getting him the ball with, with timing in rhythm. And I think when you see another quarterback kind of run that offense, and it's not the same, people look at it a little differently. But I think that. You know, Miller can be that type of Aguilar type of player in this offense. Um, I think they want to run the ball more. They're going to have to run the ball more because last year they were putrid. You know, 3.7 yards per rush running the ball. That has to get better. So, I think they are going to be committed to running it. Um, I don't think, you know, they're going to be total, you know. uh, But I think you're going to see a lot of screen plays. But I think the slot receiver, a guy like Miller – you know, could get some run, especially if you know, you have the vertical threats with Robinson and Ginn stretching the field, keeping the safeties back. Um, if he's open and the ball's supposed to go to him, Foles' gonna deliver it to him regardless.
2: Dude, I I, I, I I hear all this talk about the receivers <laughs> and Tariq Cohen and everything. So where the hell is Foles in the quarterback rank? I'll well, just kidding. oh he's I'm not they're curious. not gonna be a,
1: they're not gonna be yeah, they're not gonna be a high volume offense, no. I don't think. Yeah,
2: no. well I mean they're I, not I'm just saying I, Alan Robinson, I agree. I think Alan Robinson's gonna have a hell of a year. But then you got Anthony Miller, you got Tariq Coe, and you got David Montgomery, and I'm just wondering like well, it sounded like we were all high on all the well, not so much Montgomery, but
1: the other yeah. ones, well,
2: dude, but it sounds like Full should have a spectacular, year. yeah, but but not 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 necessarily. I because, think he'll be
1: efficient, I don't right. think he'll necessarily be from a fantasy perspective. And listen, like when we're talking about Miller, right? We're talking about like, hey, is there value in the 10th round of your draft, yep. you know, to go after an Anthony Miller, right? It's not like you know, fifth round, we're gonna go get Anthony Miller, right? So, I think that's really it's kind of like when you you know, loop him in in that 10th, 11th round place where you know he talked about you know McColl hardman and guys like christian kirk are going to be yep. there you know i oh, think I'll you know kirk miller can be over them too. i can i think miller can be a high impact player
0: uh, and also don't forget the infamous third year wide receiver He's a third year, and, yeah. and, and, and you go back and for fantasy purposes, you look at those target the third
1: year wide receivers every day.
0: That I'm was like what in, was man. it? What was it in uh, fantasy was baseball? Wasn't
1: it like twenty seven? Yeah, like I remember back in the year? I remember back a in the year. Sweet spot. Yeah. Who was the guy on the Rangers that I swear he turned twenty seven? Like Beltray, Adrian uh, Beltre. He was not good. He was like uh, it was a one guy, a one year. Dude, guy. he looked yes. Oh, Mitch Kevin Mitch I don't know. Dude, and every year people were like, oh, he's going to hit a million home runs. He's turning 27. You got to get Kevin Mench. And he was just garbage forever. But every year they were like, well, he's not 27, but he's 28. And that's the sweet spot, 27. And, you know, he was just never, you know. Third-year
0: wide receivers, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. They're money. They're money. So, look, let's end like this because we we ran a little over, but that's okay. It's great. I love it. It's all right. It's all good. So, last thing I'm going to say because we're at the Bears. And Marshall will like this. Eight and a half is the number. The Vegas number is eight and a half for the Bears this year. I'm going to start off and tell you right now I'm going under all day long. Okay, I'm going under. John, you're going under or over? Eight and a half. That's where it stands right now. It's a tough number. Eight and eight last year.
2: I guess I got to go under because I expect another eight and eight. How about you, Mark? Where are you going, brother? The wizard. Talk yeah, to I'm me, over. Baby. I'm over. I like Whoa, the Bears. You get them. You yo. get the Bears.
1: Plus four, plus five hundred to win that division, and I think they have a legit shot. Um, their wow. defense, their defense never took a step back last year. Totally if you look at if you look at the numbers, you know the difference between their defense between last year and the year before, where was just takeaways. They didn't get as many takeaways, right? But that's a volatile thing. Um, that kind of goes up and down each year. But listen, that defense is still stout. And I think that this division is wide open. You have Minnesota team. They lost all three cornerbacks on defense. They lost Griffin. They lost Lindell Joseph up front. They had 15 draft picks uh, this year. They had a ton of turnover, especially on the defensive end. And we talked about Diggs leaving. So, I think that, you know, Green Bay has their problems. Minnesota has their problems. You know, Detroit we're not going to worry about. So, at least I think this is a division that the Bears can steal. So, I like them over that eight and a half. I like it. I like let, it, man. Let, let me just get my
2: la- last take on that. I see that whole division uh, nine and seven and seven. Could,
1: yeah, could be. Yeah, it could be. Know, Dead except, serious.
2: Yeah, it could the- be. None of them would shock me winning a division. So
1: if Detroit's seven and nine, does Patricia survive? Like, do no, they no, look at that as a no. win?
2: <laughs> no, you, know, well, yeah, like they're you won pre-
1: four more games bro, than last year. But, yeah.
2: Put it this way, especially if New England goes to six and ten and. And Tampa's yeah. at 13 and three. No, he's gone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, Patricia, I mean, what, what does he really have to do? I mean, the biggest thing he's got to do is worry about beating out Wayne Fontenot. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah. Wayne Fonts <laughs> is the man, dude. Right.
0: That's, a, that's the biggest thing he's got to do. So, uh, well, even
1: a, that was the last time they won a playoff game. Yeah, it was. It's back in the 80s. That's Wayne what I'm Fontenot. saying. I mean, well, that I think it was that, the 80s. Or, was Scott yeah. Mitchell? Scott Mitchell? The, yeah, they got ripped off against Dallas League. Like, I want to say like five or ten years ago. Remember they had that playoff game against oh. Dallas, and the refs stole it. The st- like yes. Stafford, Stafford. and Then they should have won that game. It was in Dallas. Yeah, stole the that end zone game. game. The end zone. But they haven't. Uh, right? I'm not sure, yeah. man. But catch? I remember. I remember watching. No, it was like penalties. Like they just. Kept oh, penalties. I'm
0: thinking of the Des Bryant catch. Yeah, the, you're thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm no. thinking about the Des. It was.
1: It was Detroit Dallas as a playoff game. I want to say it was like five, maybe seven years ago. But you know these years go fast. Um, so, and I'm telling you. They called like a thousand pen. The whole second half is just penalties on Detroit. It some was like teams, unbelievable, man.
0: Some teams are just always in the basement, man. They just
1: never get out. It's a yeah, shame. Jerry they, Jones had the envelope out
0: that night. uh it's crazy. But guys, <laughs> guys, thanks again, man. This was this was fun as always. I you love got it, it, brother. I mean, listen, man. We we, we talked about you know, Get your sleepers out, man. DeAndre Swift, Anthony Miller. I'm all in, man. Get on them. I'm telling you, Devin Funches, late round sleepers. We got it. We got the Wizard on here talking numbers. We got John talking stats. Again, everybody, thanks for joining in fantasy firebox episode three at at heat ratio sports at fox sports the gambler at Philly Influencer.com, tony tick talk at t 23 john coker at PJH john 36 and mark drumheller the wizard at x underscore drumheller uh every wednesday right daily ticket talking odds man i love it yep. gotta love it tune in fox sports again Gambler. doing things big catch us next week And I don't know what division we'll talk about, but it's probably going to be in the AFC. So maybe we'll do the AFC South, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us.